This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Stick with the foliage for a little bit. We've got some more foliage plants. Um, Polypodium, which also works well in the winter garden with snowdrops. This is Richard Kay. He's one of the best polypodiums, in my opinion, but that doesn't count for much. (laughs) Try it this way, that's better. You have a lot of ferns as well, don't you? We're lucky to inherit not only the daisies from Helen's father, but also uh, quite a decent fern collection, Mm. which is super. They're quite variable, the polypodiums, and the way they grow, not not only in their sort of leaf shapes and forms, but they, they can be very upright. Um, I think this is Addison. Addison's a very upright clump former, creates this really nice thick clump of foliage that's very upright like that. That's super cut foliage on it. And then, which one's this one? Falcatum um, O'Kelly. Ah. So you get this lovely glossy green that, that sets off the snowdrops super. If you can get them planted close what together. What's the name of that one, Falcatum? What? Uh, O'Kelly. O'Kelly, yeah. So it's an unusual Irish one, and it was selected in Ireland. Because, of course, a lot of the polypodiums are native to the UK. Um, so it's quite, it's interesting. And they tend to be summer dormant. So, again, during the harder season when they tend to look a bit tatty, if you had ferns out in the more open spaces, it's fine, they've gone. <laughs> so they've gone to sleep. Then they come back up once it, the temperature starts to change again. And so you get this lovely fresh green and they will tolerate, a lot of them will tolerate sun and, you know, you don't have to have a really woody section of the garden to use them effectively. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're, they're nice little plants. Yeah. And and they work well with the daisies as well, because that's almost the time that they're starting to come back to life. End of the summer, coming into autumn, they all start to come back to life. And they grow along these little rhizomes that are just, just on the soil surface or just below it. And they, they creep around and start to grow up extra fronds every year we're um hopefully going to be acquiring the national collection of them next next year well for this oh, year, congratulations so. well done that, that should be that's, that's something that's going to be very exciting to, to get involved with over the next couple of years oh, and a little bit scary actually having to learn all those names again <laughs> <It's> like, <"Ooh."> <laughs> <laughs> well at least you're well versed at having a national collection yeah yeah practiced practiced with the paperwork so. <laughs> Um, and since Ross was getting to bring ferns, I brought my favourite. <laughs> this is a whopper. Fit on the screen. So, so if we go from one end, move over, Ross. All the way. <laughs> uh, all the way. So he is looking slightly worse for wear at the moment, although it is an evergreen fern. It's uh, Woodwardia unigemata, but produces these huge, great big fronds. And it's called the chain fern. And um, <laughs> been me I, I assumed it was called the chain fern because it makes babies at the ends of the fronds it moves like a bramble so when the tip hits the ground it's got a little bulb oh. on the very end and that bulb will touch the ground and it will produce roots and then fronds and then it sort of chains across the ground a bit like brambles so we thought well that seems logical that's obviously why it's called the chain fern but it turns out that's not why it's called the chain fern <laughs> Well, I thought it was. No, I know. Me too. Somebody, oh, well, I read a fern book, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if that's going to show up very well. Do you see the spory? 
Sorry. Sorry. I always do that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And how it looks like chain stitching. Oh. And apparently that's why it's called the chain fern. <laughs> Nothing to do with how it grows at all. It's but just again, been it's embroidered. Like... Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a dual purpose name. And a smashing plant is one of my absolute favourite Top, top ferns. Yeah. Top ferns. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you have that one, Alan. Yes. Wow. I've got two plants. I've got two plants of it, in actual fact. And the two plants are planted two metres apart, and the, fern, the fronds overlap. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I think it's nice to sometimes have something that's so big and just, oh. Yes. <laughs> and again, it's looking great right through the wintertime, you know. Once the new fronds start to pop up, we'll, we'll clean off all the older ones and that'll start again. Do you grow Blacknum chilensi? Mm, now yes. That, that to me is a great winter fern. I mean, mm. it's very hard fronds, but I mean, it stands very well in the winter, especially if it's a little bit sheltered. It's a fabulous thing, I think. Yeah, no, we we like our Blacknum chilensi. Doesn't it sort of gently spreads itself, moving around a little bit. But yeah, as you say, through the winter months, it's really hard to beat, and it's that real. Real dark, dark green, isn't it? Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what I do. I, I, I put a, a, a whopping great <clears throat> lump of compost over the rhizomes of mine. And so it creeps in and, and mulch around it. So it creeps into the compost. It's a great way to propagate it, especially oh. if you're a nurseman. <laughs> mm. Oh, there we go. Yes. <laughs> we, Add that to the list. <laughs> we've got uh, the Angricularis growing around it as well. So that sets yeah. those off quite nicely. That sounds wonderful. Have we exhausted your show and tell yet? We haven't started on the daft seat yet. <laughs> yes, marvellous, there's more. <laughs> start, start with the gaudiest. I'm not quite sure if the name's correct on it. Not everybody's cup of tea. Frilly sunshine. <laughs> it's beauty of Gravesend. So these are all miniatures that we've brought in today. We, we, miniatures always start first. They're a wee bit like the irises. All the, the small ones start first. So <laughs> proper, proper double. I don't know anything about it. I'm not even sure I've got the name right, but I've got it as Beauty of Gravesend. Possibly a pseudo-narcissus? I don't even know where I got it from. It's just looks so fun <laughs> and happy. It's like it's having a little party. Yeah, it looks like it's got a little bit of isotensis in it. You say it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I feel like it's a bit more refined than some crazy doubles. Like, it's definitely tasteful. The, yeah. The, 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 the test of a true good double as if it stands up in the rain if it ends up face first in the dirt after a shower of rain then it's a waste of time yeah i've got to life's too short to be staking daffodils <laughs> <laughs> couldn't agree more <laughs> could always grow moss around them yes that's true again ground cover yeah. <laughs> what's that tiny little furnace it called salaginella it actually looks like a giant form of moss i mean it's a great thing for the winter garden and for for Softening bulbs when they fall over. <laughs> Stopping them from getting muddy faces, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, Helen, are you brandishing something off screen? Well, it's another of the little Narcissus sort of. So around here we get a lot of um, Narcissus pseudo-Narcissus, uh, which is lovely in the wild form. And this is a form of it called Barb Horrigans. But I rather like it with the twisty... Perianth to it, and then that really whopping trumpet. But of course, again, yeah, it's it only a big trumpet. Yeah, yeah, it's so sweet, and it's only little. Yeah. So it's... yeah. <laughs> and always very early to flower as well. So it's one of the sort of leaders, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah, really that's nice. Really distinctive. 
Well, while we're on early ones, so again, another short grower, a bit, it's obviously got a fair dose of cyclaminius in it, so that lovely reflex on it. This is winter waltz, but again, it's looking lovely in the garden at the moment, isn't it? It's quite subtle colours, they're very creamy colours rather than, than sort of the bright brightness. Yeah, so a lovely yellow trumpet, but then those, it skirts... It doesn't look like it's waltzing. It's almost like a, it's, it's almost, it's not yellow, it's not orange, it's sort of in between, but it's not, it's very, um, I don't know how to des describe it. It's kind of matte and it bleeds up into the perianth oh, yeah. as well. It does. That's beautiful. It's very nice. Yeah. It looks like the colour of good butter. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh you know you're having a good conversation about plants and when you leave leave the conversation absolutely starving <laughs> start describing food amongst it next one yeah yeah let's do all those sort of medium-sized ones which one's this one february gold there you go we've got quite a lot of that through the garden so there is something about all those narcissus isn't it that they have the cyclaminous blood in them the, yeah. the flowers, they are all smartly presented and rather graceful, I think. Mm. Yeah. I like that swept back like they've been yeah. at the hairdressers recently. They've <laughs> 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 come out bouffant. <laughs> Good hairdo. <laughs> Stick with this cycloninous background. This is, this is an Australian tiny little one. It's fairly tall. It's about 12 inches tall. It's a miniature. This is um, Snook. So it's of Australian breeding, which is quite nice. Snook. Snook. Great. Um, it's a good name as well. Yeah. I like, yeah, Snook. <laughs> What's the other Australian one? Ah, uh, here. I think this is the other Australian one. <laughs> it's definitely Australian. <laughs> Papa Snows. Oh, look at that. What is it? Papa Snows. I love the way the, the, the whole thing is just so streamlined, but, but the trumpet is almost reflecting the, the perianth and the way it... Yeah, it's like a proper flared end to the trumpet. It's, uh, mm. I can see why it's got its name. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's a good it one. is hilarious. <laughs> so that's our two, two Australian ones. And um, people get very sort of fussy about this one, a bit snooty. This is just tete-a-tete. Which is a great wee thing. And it's so old as well. 19, 1949, I think. Possibly this was bred by Alec Gray. And it's done so well. You can get it for 10 a penny in the garden centres. Pots and pots of it. And I think it's a great thing for the garden. It doesn't need to be too near the front. You can really cover a bit of ground with it. No bother at all. The great thing about it is, to quote so many gardeners, it's such a good doer. Hey, exactly. Yep. We planted that on the uh, outside our verge on the main road, and our main road's quite a busy road. Um, and it, this is this second year now, um, and it's brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. It, already they're increasing. Um, yeah. And we have had areas in the garden where we've started these tip pots out, and they haven't realised there's tete-a-tete -tete in, the, in the pots, and the bulbs just get left as a mulch. And they make yeah. carpets. I mean, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a super wee thing. But then... We do have this one, which is called Alec Gray. So the name for him. And this, this is quite interesting because it starts off with a, a yellow trumpet, a yellow Corolla, and then fades to a nice pale as it ages. There's one called Candle Power yeah. that's similar. 
Yeah. So that's Tete Tete and Alec Gray. So Alec Gray is slightly bigger than Tete Tete, but you can see the difference in the colours. Yeah. yeah. And then you just mentioned Candle Power. Yes. Which, of course, is a delight. Yeah. Um, same sort of um, colouring as Alec Gray, isn't it? But comparatively tiny. <laughs> it is tiny. Yeah, it is tiny. Candle Power definitely wins out on the dainty. <laughs> <laughs> but does well in the garden. We find it's a good, you know, good garden-worthy little bulb, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And another, another good garden miniature, which is tiny, tiny, is Medway Gold. Hey! Medway Gold's like I think it's the smallest trumpet I've ever seen in in, in, in my life. Um, it is gorgeous. I I remember. Uh, Adrian Scamp bringing that along last year when we did a Narcissus special and I mean it just it steals your heart doesn't it it's just yeah. gorgeous so that's it in proportion to Tete Tete yeah so Tete Tete is small and it's a it's a floriferous wee beastie that really does well I'm pleased because I'm growing that for the first time this year mine's not mine's not flowering yet but I'm uh, I'm excited for it yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely it's another one that if you don't have it, it needs to go on the wish list. <laughs> now, our last one, another miniature, which is even smaller than Medway Gold, is this one called Gale Force. Oh, it's, uh, it's obviously oh, got yes, cycl- petals of one back. Cycloninous <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. So this is from Anne Wright. He's quite famous for our, our uh, gold series of snowdrops, yeah. but she does dabble in the, the Narcissus as well. And this is this is a really nice one. Not sure if it's garden worthy yet. We've only got it in pots at the moment, but well named. It's one of yeah. those ones where the name makes it even better. We've got some more weeds. <laughs> there we go. It's not the best for picking, but I'm sure. I'm sure you probably. Yeah, cardamom, quinquefolia. It's gorgeous, and of course, it's another of these ones that comes up, looks amazing. You get this great big map, and then it just disappears for the summer. So it's really good with. Um, ferns, particularly mm. the deciduous ferns, because they can come up and take over from it once it's finished. Any herbaceous, that really any summer herbaceous, it grows well because it does its thing before the herbaceous is even thinking about waking it up, and then the herbaceous starts to, to come through, and that's gone. It's, it just disappears. I used to do a talk on winter interest plants, and I always used to call that quinquinquefolia, cardamom quinquinquefolia for years. <laughs> the audience must just be thinking he's a dafty. <laughs> Well, I always like a plant that will divide people on how to say it as well, because uh, Val calls it cardamony. I think Alan calls it cardamony. Uh, I've, I think I've always just said it wrong. Um, I don't know how, even know how I say it. You say it cardamine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I am not the best person to get for pronunciation on anything. <laughs> I, I actually got my pronunciation from a, a rather well-known botanist, so I think maybe he's right, probably. Well, I used to have debates with my botany lecturers about this because I was always pronouncing things differently from how they said it. And in the end, they were just like, well, you know, some of people understand. <laughs> well, I, I think, no, Helen, seriously, I think you're probably right that a lot of people get put off using the correct names because they don't know how to say them and they don't want to look silly. Yeah. Um, but I think as long as we <clears throat> can understand each other, that's the main purpose. And so forget the pronunciation. But I do think it's cardamony. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alan and I used to do the radio together. And then um, my my family like like plants, but they were never sort of massively into the Latin names. And my nanny always called one of these a calancho. Um, so I always ended up calling <laughs> and I got 
royally mocked on the radio by Alan for calling it a Kalan show rather than a Callan Coey. Though then I think oh. we spoke to somebody who said that people who bred them called them Callan Choeys. So who knows? <laughs> I kind of sometimes just call it a Kalan show because it's, it's now my affectionate way of naming it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, yeah, I think a lot of the time you pick up your pronunciation and whatever, don't you, from your family. So it's, it might not be right, but it's how you call it. <laughs> People know what you mean. And that is the most important thing about language, <laughs> communication. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of weedy things and things that will spread enthusiastically. So however we pronounce it, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Cardamony or whatever. As long as not cardamom, because we don't want that in the curry. <laughs> <laughs> Spice up the garden. <laughs> and I did. It's a little too early for most of them, really. But oh. I'm afraid I'm a bit of an epimedium nuts. And so there was one that was out and looking good. Yeah, but it's, it's the leaf as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So this is epimedium black sea. Um, ordinary green leaf during the summer. Oh. But if you get a cold patch in the winter, which we've had just about enough cold, it goes this beautiful sort of purpley yeah. over the top of Bronze the green. Almost, isn't yeah. It? And then you get the flowers coming through and it makes such a nice combination. Wonderful combination. I think it's a it's a really cracking plant. It's one to go on the wish list and it seems to be fairly tough as well. Tough as all boots. It's <laughs> to be very early too. Yeah. Yeah. It's What's always... What's name again? Uh, Black Sea. Thank you. And it's always, it's always been early with us, hasn't it, for flowering, which can be a bit risky. Obviously, if it decides to snow or something on it, it's not so happy, but um, <laughs> on the... Actually, Beast from the East took out all the first flowers on it completely. And I thought, oh, well, that's it. I'm not going to see anything this year. But lo and behold, a few weeks later, more came up and we did get them in the end. And it was like, oh, that's all right then. (laughs) I stopped panicking so much about epimediums and the frost now. I'm like, no, that'll be fine. (laughs) I mean, epimediums are just to die for. And I only got a couple. So seeing as you're a big fan, even the ones that aren't out yet, what would be your top recommendations? Uh, yeah, okay. That's your. I was going to say rhubarb and custards. <laughs> which, food. Yeah, food again. But also, it's a short growing epimedium, um, one of the evergreen ones. But the flowers are huge and with those real distinct, um, sort of almost, uh, how do you call them, spikes, maybe? Spines in the flowers that come back. And um, pink on the top, yellow underneath, fabulous, lives up to its name. But only, a, only maybe about that sort of tall. 10 centimetres. Yeah, 10 oh. centimetres tall. But the flowers come above the foliage as well, so you don't need to worry too much about having to cut it back. But that's that would be top of my list, I think. Spine tingle is good, though. Yeah. Exact opposite. <laughs> big monstrous thing with big spiny leaves. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good. That's got your foliage for the winter as well. Yeah, that's true. With spine tingler, it is a... It's, an impressive looking plant all through the year so it's a bit of tidying up about this time of year and otherwise yeah <laughs> but it's one of those questions you just you think oh hold on a minute what about amber queen yeah yeah <laughs> and then and then and then there's um buckling spider and, yeah and, and then pink champagne <laughs> it's like oh yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> it's another talk for another time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've already worked out you're coming back, so <laughs> <laughs> plenty to talk about in the future. 
Oh, well, I think we're always going to be uh, having epimedium flomo. I think that's just the way of life. <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually had this been done what three weeks ago, it would have definitely been an epimedium that was top of my list. <laughs> but I actually got it. So I'm like, oh well, that's it now. <laughs> Gone, ticked off. <laughs> It's always a nice moment when you find your flomo, though. Yeah, a moment to celebrate. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes it's the hunt is the most exciting. The anticipation. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Once you, you can't do, once say you that, get you're it, married. Like, oh, what can I find next? <laughs> I hope it's not like being married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting the thing is supposed to also be a great moment. And <laughs> you plant it, then it dies. <laughs> Hopefully we've moved away from any kind of metaphors for marriage now. I hope so, yes. <laughs> Moving swiftly on now. <laughs> the last couple of bits of um, herbaceous stuff and bulbs and then we can finish on a couple of shrubs. Yeah, we've not got, we've not got much left, but this is a... Do we know this one? I'm right. sure you may be great, Adam. Quick quiz. Bobby <laughs> Guller? No. No, 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 so it's, uh, I'll give you a... It's a woodlander. I do know it. Is it, 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 it... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Landra. It's Landra, yeah. there we go. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> Slightly scented in this freezing cold pot and shade. Yeah, so it's Yipsilandra tibetica. Um, it's, yeah, it's, again, uh, a, underrated, I think, but a smashing plant. And it's uh, a it's carpeting plant, isn't it? Yeah, so it's yeah. green, almost slightly um, Lily of the Valley type foliage ish. And then, ish. Uh, yeah, ish. <laughs> a bit smaller than that, but along those lines, which is evergreen. So you get a nice sort of carpet of that. And then these lovely white flowers that appear from late February. Mm. They're like a really fat, upright, fuzzy caterpillar in the yeah. white. They're just, yeah. <laughs> they're wonderful. They are, they are a creature, I think. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's like I always think Veronica Castrum need little eyes put on them. Googly <laughs> <laughs> <Stiggly> eyes. <laughs> Just little fuzzy creatures. I'm feeling tempted now to go out this summer and start putting eyes on my Veronica Castrum. <laughs> I've got a bag of googly eyes. And then the last, well, we'll just do the little bulb. It's one bulb. One bulb. One bulb. <laughs> one bulb. Ooh. Oh. The Cojum Vernum. Um, the one the that's normally called Carpatica because it's got the yellow tip yeah. on it, but there's some debates as to whether that's really right. <laughs> the snowflake that is lovely if you can find the right place for those they bulk up enormously i mean i, I planted some about three years ago um and they've made really really fat clumps yeah it's quite um i'd never really realized that unlike things like our snowdrops they don't go completely dormant so they always need a little bit more moisture i think yeah exactly we've tried them several places haven't we and mm -hmm. they do better where they don't get completely bone dry in yeah. the summer. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. The nice, the nice sort of follow-on from the snowdrops. The main season of the snowdrops, and these take over and sort of carry us on into Narcissus season, which is quite nice. Yeah, nature does a real favour with that. You know, have a nice succession. Yeah, yeah. planned it out for us. Yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, it's Amaryllisia as well, so it's susceptible to Narcissus fly as well as Narcissus and our snowdrops. Unfortunately. 
Well, that was a downhill note. Well. <laughs> How to kill the plant. <laughs> Glass half full or half empty? Yeah. They, don't, they don't. They don't. They don't kill it though. They, they if you're if you're lucky, they don't kill it, and and you do get some remnants left by the fly, and, and it does come back and Eventually. slowly reappears. There you go. Hopeful note. Yeah. <laughs> you saved it. <laughs> and we did just have because we wanted to share a couple of the shrubs that are just starting to come into their own now. But um, so the Stachyurus praecox, which. I adore. It's subtle. Um, I mean, it's a bit like a slightly more blousy uh, hazel, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Almost. A little bit later, but beautiful. Better form, the arches. And good autumn foliage colour, which, so a lot of the trees and shrubs and things in the garden, we have often been selected because they do something really nice in the autumn. And of course, for a long time, what they did in the spring was totally ignored. It was like, well, you know, neither here nor there. So it's quite nice now to be able to really appreciate them and be like, no, look, they're amazing in the spring as well. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You know, your garden is not tiny, but it's also not huge sprawling acres. So getting multiple seasons of interest is increasingly important. Yeah, it's something we're working on more and more through the herbaceous areas. I mean, the woodland, more woodland sections are I hate relatively straightforward to get your seasons in but the herbaceous for us has been a little bit more challenging to get something interesting early in the year mm -hmm. so but working with bulbs and then we carry it on with um, the woodlanders so things like your primroses and things like that because of course your herbaceous acts almost like a deciduous woodland so you can get away with using a lot of the stuff that you would normally think oh that needs somewhere a bit shady and whatever but actually your big herbaceous particularly with some of the mychomostases that's sort of six seven foot tall yeah you've, you've got that shade coming on so it's uh... let's go back to your bare earth policy again you can yeah. cover that bare earth with, with um uh, pulmonaries or primulas in between your herbaceous plants it stops the weeds coming through yeah. um yeah. probably good for the soil as well uh, and then they do the thing in the spring gives you a bit of interest then and then your herbaceous come through with us, it's the daisies. They come through and do the thing later on, so you're getting yeah. that successional planting, successional interest. It's um, it takes a wee bit of skill to 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 do it, and a little bit more maintenance, I think. But it's better fun than weeding all the time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm with you there. And I, pro I promise we are nearly two more. more. Again, for the colour, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Benishidore, so yeah, flight of the red plovers, best colored one, I think. Yeah. But, um, the scent as well, of course, is absolutely fabulous. Um, we had a bit of a disaster with it last year, a whole half of our big one just died. Oh, no. <laughs> Remedial pruning, nothing like it. <laughs> People often ask about it because it's absolutely stunning. There's not a color like that flowering on a shrub in the garden at this time of year, really. People always ask after it, and it's it's. I say, oh, what, they ask, what is it? So oh, it's flowering apricot, prunus mumi, Benny chidori. And they say, oh, is it Italian? I say, no, <laughs> it's just the way I say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think Benny is red in Japanese. I think um, ah. so. That that'll be your. So it's it's obviously a beautiful thing. Yeah. Is stunning. I, I have that on my wish list. I have nowhere to put it at the moment, but 
It's, it's not a large, it's, it's in between a shrub and a tree, isn't it? It's not the largest of creatures and prunable as well. Yeah. And you can get them bottom grafted or top grafted. So you've got, got lots of options. That is a stunner. So is that the penultimate? Have we only got one more? Yeah, the last one. Drum roll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's scent-themed again, but Daphne Belua. Oh. And I hope the colour comes up okay on this. This is a really dark form called Mary Rose. Oh, I, what a wonderful and, one. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> it's just such a fabulous colour. Um. I like Jacqueline Postel, but Mary Rose has won, won me over. And yeah. flowers a little bit later than Jacqueline Postel, so we don't seem to get quite so much problem with, you know, frost damage or anything like that on it. So it's, uh, yeah, Wor worthy of a position in the garden, that one. I think that's been <laughs> your Flomo before, Alan. Did you ever find it, or is it still a Flomo? Dare I say I found five. <laughs> not just three <laughs> uh, yeah i did I, I found three in one nursery and two in another and i mean they, it, it, I, when i saw it growing in somebody's garden i just thought well we've you know we've just got to have it yeah and it's one of those shrubs that i like to put in uh, in various places of the garden where people hover so they get the scent and yeah. by seat and things like that so that's why i've got five <laughs> Honest. <laughs> yes, honest. <laughs> if in doubt, buy five. That might be our great motto for life. Well, I could have bought six if there were six, but that's all I could find. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's not always the easiest thing to find, um, Mary Rose. So people might have to kind of go on a waiting list or something or, or, or come to you. Maybe you have lots of it. <laughs> no, sadly not. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we can all just flomo about it and uh, <laughs> and hopefully one day by one or two, probably not five. <laughs> <laughs> that actually does bring us rather neatly round to the flomo section of the podcast. So thank you. The last one was definitely worth the drum roll. Um, and it is actually on my flomo list. I'm on a waiting list to see when. I have no idea where I'm putting it, but I've, <laughs> I've been coveting it for <laughs> Coveting it for a while. And if anyone isn't following your Instagram and then goes and follows you or gets to go to your garden, I mean, they're just going to be inundated with wonderful things that they want to grow. I have seen lots of things. Narcissus Mitzi was looking beautiful the other day when you shared a picture of that lovely little thing. And Hepatica nobilis Cremar, Cremar, Cremar. Alan would probably say it differently. Cremar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that one, so it's over to you, Ross. <laughs> it's um, it's about leaves, really. It's, it's a bit like stained glass. It's got really quite distinct marked marble leaves, which is well, rather it's, nice. It's um, crenulated, so all around the edge, it's all like frilly, like somebody's frilly skirts, and then with this lovely marking through it. It's uh, really pretty, but obviously at the moment it's just flowers without any leaves. But, <laughs> but the flowers are rather nice, and then they you know are. the leaves are coming, so... Yeah. <laughs> Winning. They're a wee bit like the cyclamen cums as well. You can get some, I mean, the, the flowers on the cums are wonderful at the moment, but you take a, a, an extra moment and just look at some of the leaf and the leaf forms on them. They're, they're absolutely stunning. And it's the same with the hepaticas. So you're getting the hepatica leaves through autumn and into winter before you need to chop them off, all looking lovely. Yeah. 
And I went and looked it up and actually, because we were talking last week with Val Bourne about how some have Hatticas you cover and then realise they're £100 or something. That one was actually attainable. It wasn't going to break the bank. Yeah, no, it's, it's a reasonable price. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys, I think when we were in pre-podcast chat, you were sort of trying to whittle down your Flomo list. So where are you at? What would you like? I think oh, my my list has been quite long but I think <laughs> <laughs> the, the one that's currently at the top of it and I actually think it might be an achievable one as well I've just got to get the name right now but it's Acer um Phoenix I think it's just Phoenix oh I hope that's right I hope that's right otherwise I'm never gonna get it am I but <laughs> it's either Phoenix or Red Phoenix but it's the most fabulous stem color oh so it's one of the snake bark maples but with a really lovely red bark and then with those pale lines through it. And I do really love the barks. Obviously, we couldn't bring in like <laughs> Ace of Grissier or some Silver Birch because that was a bit too big. But uh, <laughs> that, again, is something that works really well for this time of year. All through the winter, you get the beauty of it. And then, of course, you get your foliage and foliage colour in the autumn. So I think that's going on with this. I, I may possibly need the uh, odd tree to die first. <laughs> so I've got some space, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm not ill wishing any of them, honest. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ross? I'm slightly obsessed by Aspidistra at the moment, and we've got a reasonable collection, but they're all houseplants as of at the moment. I brought some down today to put in the garden, so we're going to try some in the garden. So I'd like to track down some more variegated ones for the garden and see how they go. Oh, wonderful. Oh, Philip Ostenbrink. Yeah, we have him to thank for some of our collection of aspidestras. <laughs> so the, the beauty of, of our um, what we do and who we know, you know, you, you meet Phil and Phil like, Phil's like, oh, I like snowdrops. Oh, I like a collection of snowdrops. Oh, I like a collection of aspidestras. Fancy a swap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works really well. If people want, uh, there's a few episodes back we spoke to to fill a post and bring so if people do like the idea of variegated aspidistras they definitely need to go and watch or listen to that uh, episode in the video we'll, we'll link so you can go and have a look at it some wonderful flomos though a nice range what about you mr gray what do you want to bring to the flomo party this week well it's it's spring related and i mean at this time of the year i always move on from snowdrops and aconites and irises and all the various other lovely things and I move on from primroses to polyanthus. And the reason for that is because when I was growing up, my granny Gray was a great lover of polyanthus. And the polyanthus that she grew, and most unlike any of the polyanthus that you see in modern uh, nurseries today, and they had a grace about them. They had much smaller flowers, uh, a less vibrant color range. Um, I know that my grandmother's favorite was the one that she always called it tomato red because that was the color of it. Um, I preferred the older pastel colours, the sort of dirty mauves and the sort of soft, rusty oranges and things like that. And I would just like to collect more of those old-fashioned primulas with a polyanthus-like habit, um, because I think they deserve preserving. And I think the one thing about them is, and I think Ross um, touched on it in, in the early part of this podcast, and that is that you must frequently divide them, because they don't like... Um, living in the same soil, they deteriorate, deteriorate um, and they're greatly invigorated by division. Um, yeah. we have, we've got lots of primroses that we do that with, but I'd just like to get some of those old polyanthus types back in the garden again for people to enjoy. 
Yeah, yeah they're, they're lovely and bright and cheery, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And with a little bit of management, so easy. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And the good uh, thing about the good thing about the uh, the management that you have to do with them is you're you're doubling them up, if not tripling them up each time you're lifting them and pulling them apart and replanting them. So yeah, you're so right. I mean, it's, it it's be endless. You yeah. ignore them, they ignore you, and they go away, and that's it. Yeah, and I think you know it might be nice to sort of spread them around with other gardeners as well. Because, you know, the greatest way to keep a plant is to give it away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very true. Thank you so much, both of you. What a wonderful romp around the garden. All kinds of different things. We've gone like bulbs and, and ferns and shrubs. It's just so inspiring. It's moving forward, though, isn't it? It's, yes. It's come out of the snowdrop haze into something that's just totally changing almost every day and new things appearing every day. It's, it's yeah. superb. It's a fantastic time of year. It's very it exciting. exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting indeed. Thank you for coming along. I hope you'll come back later in the year because I think week to week you'll always have more exciting things to share. Oh, we'd love to. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Um, until next time, everybody. Happy gardening. Thank Happy you. Gardening. Bye. Hey, Thordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time.